2: Insider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter, Jake can be found at jmendel 94 Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z, or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. For the fifth week in a row, we are celebrating Victory Monday. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show where we have suddenly forgotten what it feels like to lose. Thank you guys for joining us. And before we get into the Miami Dolphins taking care of business with a 20 to 9 win over the New York Giants, let me welcome in the most winning co-host in the game, Joshua Houts. Josh, talk about a winning streak, man.
0: Dude, it feels so much better than that losing streak earlier in the year. I mean, every game, every game we go out there, man, it feels like the Dolphins can't lose. And it's just much better than that feeling we had at the beginning of the season. How are you doing today, man?
2: I'm great. I'm great. I'm a little uh, startled because I just opened up uh, Miami's stats for the year. And I do have to say this before we get into everything. And you know us, we're going to get into everything. Uh, but, man, this is kind of crazy. So Jacoby Brissett played in eight games. Uh, Two played in nine games. Can you can you go ahead and guess for me how many times you think Brissett's been sacked and how many times Tua's been sacked, uh, despite the fact Brissett's played in one less game than Tua? Yeah, I can't even guess, man. Give give me the number. Brissett's been sacked eighteen times. Tua's been sacked twelve. That just kind of goes to show like how things have kind of stabilized. If if you kind of showed me that stat right there, you kind of get the impression of things were obviously a little rough when Brissett was there, but they've steadied the ship. And Josh, all of a sudden, the team is now one game under five hundred. Operation 500 by Christmas is a go and the most positive stat I've seen is Josh the Dolphins are actually above 500 at home they're at 4 and 3 I know that's what made them so successful last season was they were so great at home uh weird season rebuild year 2 number 2 but man I have the stats here uh let's let's talk about the offense first what really stuck out to you uh who's the first guy you want to talk about and why is it to
0: Yeah, it's definitely to it, but Jake, just to touch on that whole home field advantage, I have it pulled up here. This match is the longest winning streak under Brian Flores since his arrival, you know, the five game winning streak. The Dolphins are now seven and three in the month of December in the Flores era, including a four and one mark in December over the past two seasons. And they're 17 and six after Halloween under the floors there. So, you know, maybe we should have expected that slow start to the season. But the Dolphins seem to be clicking on all cylinders. And part of that has to be because of Tua Tungvaloa, Jake, um, played a 30 of 41 passes for 244 yards and two touchdowns. And I'm going to be completely honest, Jake. I mean, before I talk lonely about Tua, let me just start by saying this wasn't one of yes. his best games, but it yes. certainly Thank wasn't. you. It certainly wasn't average, at least in my opinion, but to me, he seemed anxious in the pocket at times, which resulted in the one or two bad throws. I think he skipped one into the dirt to Albert Wilson, which I I think you even tweeted about that one. And then he soared one over Gasicki's head. So there were some bad balls, you know, he did look anxious in the pocket, but um, you know, there were some bad drops as well. And he went out there and effectively moved the ball downfield. And I mean, what more can he ask for? I mean, we want that big play explosive offense like the chiefs, but that's just not what we're getting here. And two went out there and did enough to win this game. And, you know, all the national media to hell with them, man. I, I liked what he did, but again, uh, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination.
2: I don't think anyone's really hating on it too, and I think it's important to keep in mind what we're talking about, where we're talking about it, and when we're talking about it, right? So, you mentioned I tweeted uh, about one of Tua's plays, and you know the Dolphins won this game twenty to nine. We're going to talk rocks, about how right? he
0: was the skipping rocks.
2: Yeah. He's was... skipping. <laughs> so basically, Josh, when you're tweeting something, it's not like you know you're not supposed to have this. Huge, thoughtful message that, you know, you've been working on for four straight nights. I was at Mohegan Sun. You can imagine what people are doing at Mohegan Sun, watching the Dolphins on this giant TV. So I had a tweet. It wasn't the best throw. You move on. I was nowhere saying that, hey, it's time to put in Brissette. It's, hey, it's time to move on at from the quarterback but I think it's important to keep in mind that we bring up these plays and we mentioned that hey x y and z are important because for how much we like Tua, for how much we want to talk about his completion percentage this is part of his game too and that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing to bring this up I mean Josh I have it written down right here uh where Tua even said that I'm glad we won but I think there's a lot of things that we left out on the field a lot of plays that we, we wish we had back all right so we said it I think we can agree bumps in the road so let's get into it. Let's let's talk about the positives here, man, because now Tua, he was only sacked twice. Now he is second in the NFL in completion percentage. Now, this is an interesting stat to talk about uh, because Nick Foles, Sam Bradford, those are two guys who always come up. But I mean, man, Tom Brady, I, I'm not comparing the two before I even get into this. I'm not comparing the two, but Tom Brady, I think he had a game where he came out and threw the ball like, 23 straight times. We freaked out when Ryan Tannehill, I think he completed 20 straight passes uh, against the New England Patriots, I think a couple of years ago. So when we look at this completion percentage and we look at how Tua plays, I think it's important to keep in mind that we know the limitations, but we know how to fix those limitations and we see how the offense is getting to where it needs to be. Uh, In terms of Josh, I think we'll start to see more downfield shots. For example, the offensive line gets better. Another stat, the Dolphins had six drops yesterday. Tell me, I, I might be crazy here, Josh, but is there any reason why maybe Devonte Parker being active could have led to more drops?
0: That's I mean, I, I really don't know. Jay could hit because he was being targeted. Maybe that opens something up for you know the Albert Wilsons of the world or some of those other guys. I mean, I don't hey, know, bingo. but um it's just again a testament to what he's been able to do behind that offensive line. I think I saw he was what 2.33 seconds, I think he had to throw on Sunday. I mean, that's part of the reason why we're not taking those deep shots downfield. You know, yep. sure we can all say his arm isn't, you know, up to par with some of those elite players in the league. I mean, there's no shame in that, but I mean the intermediate and short stuff is what he did so well. It'd probably Alabama. be a bad
2: thing if they right. were going sorry, but it'd probably no, be a bad yeah. thing if they're going to it all the time, right? Because they know that's a weakness and they're still not, you know, they're ignoring that.
0: Completely agree. And I mean, again, we got to look at what this Giants defense surely were without a Dory Jackson, but I mean, they made Jalen Hurts look, you know, subhuman. They made all these other quarterbacks look down to earth yeah. and two went out there and did pretty well. I want to pull up this stat from Travis Wingfield. He said, um, Dolphins quarterback two of Low league ranks following Sunday, minimum 250 attempts. He's second in completion percentage, eighth in QBR, passer rating 15, touchdown percent 15th, sack percentage is tied for sixth, which that one stood out the most, Jake, because, again, I mean, you mentioned it. If you look at from earlier in the year with Joe, Kobe Brissett to now, I mean, really the only big difference besides Austin Jackson's line inside has been Tua to low and you just see how well his pocket presence allows him to make some of those throws. So um, I don't know, man. I, I really just saw an offense that, you know, this is kind of what you expect. I mean, we knew yeah. the Dolphins had this elite defense heading into this year. You know, we knew that they needed to control the clock get those takeaways to win games i mean sure Tua's is not going out there lighting the world on fire but i mean i was very happy with the way this offense at least scored you know they went down the field that matt collins touchdown grab man that thing was a thing of yep. beauty that isaiah Ford touchdown i mean Tua did a hell of a job buying time with his eyes using his shoulders to kind of manipulate the defense it, it almost looked like he knew exactly where he was going to go with that throw so um again you see the growth every week and heading into the bye, man i mean i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. i mean the offense Tua, everything's starting to kind of look like what we expected and you know, if they can get healthy, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm going to stop.
2: This is like a scratching the ceiling game. And I kind of put the carriage before the cart, the carriage before the horse when talking about Devante Parker, um, because Barry Jackson, man, he came out with one of the greatest stats I've seen. And that's Tua does his best work in three receiver formations. He's fifth in the league with a 114.2 passer rating with that grouping. So, Josh, I want to talk about this receiving core, and I want to start with Devante Parker. He returns to action for the Miami dolphins with five receptions on five targets for 62 yards, man. He played 71% of the snaps, 12 yards per reception. And somehow he plays so well. And in terms of Miami's receiving court, it was one of the worst days of the, uh, of the season. You know, you think about the team had six drops, uh, Albert Wilson, man, he's, he's kind of falling apart, but what did you see from Devante Parker outside of his ability to no matter where that ball is thrown, he's going to get two feet down.
0: Dude. I, I love that. And I mean, I, I, we were talking about in the DMs, you know, the last one you kind of said, you know, what's Devonte Parker mean to this offense? And I immediately joked, you know, everything. And I mean, we kind of saw it. I mean, he made big play after big play when we needed it. He was that reliable target that again can get two feet in no matter what. I mean, those back shoulder passes that Tua threw. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. And I mean, I love that grab where he put both feet in. You know, he kind of just laid there on the ground like, damn, <laughs> I, did I really do that? So <laughs> I, I love to see him back in the lineup. I love to see you know with him and Jalen Waddle, Gasicki, some of the way those guys complement each other. But I, I don't know about you, Jake, but I certainly would love to have seen a healthy will Fuller out there and just see what
2: this offense can truly do when everyone's out there playing but let's put into this a little bit more because parker he did have 12 yards per reception he moved the sticks uh but josh you say everything but so let's kind of figure out what everything means when he has five receptions on five targets because you start to see Jalen waddle he also had 11 targets mike kasicki 11 targets so we saw the guys Miami's playmakers get open. We saw Waddle being Waddle. I have to say, I am so comfortable seeing him be a featured player this offense. I'm not saying I wasn't before, but man, you see the ball in his hands, you get excited, it's you different feel a now. little comfortable. It feels like Jarvis Landry in a weird. I'm not comparing their play styles, but when it's in his hands, you're like, Oh man, like here we go. Uh this is something positive. Uh so all of a sudden you have Miami's three playmakers and Parker. You if you're not double covering him, if you're not bracketing him, all of a sudden those back shoulder throws are open those throws to the outside become open but all of a sudden josh also secondaries when you are playing parker you're playing waddle you're playing gasecki who in general man i thought he had a pretty awkward game uh seven of eleven targets for 46 yards it just seems like i was surprised it was a weird stat line it just seems like one little thing was missing from it
0: yeah. I mean, I looked I was, you know, late last night I was there, you know, I'm going to get ahead starting to write down some notes for this podcast. And I saw that he had as many targets as Jalen Waddle. I was like, damn, I mean, it didn't feel like he was targeted nearly that much. And I mean, he wasn't an impact like we would have liked. I mean, I don't know how you felt about that touchdown ball in the end zone, but I think that thing smacked him right in the face. I mean, that should have been caught. Yeah. There was another one earlier in the game. He had that nice um, one handed grab for negative two yards that we can't help but uh, <laughs> talk about. But um, I think what you were talking about, Jake, is just, you know, with DP when Devante Parker's out there, you know, they have to game plan for that. They have to roll the yeah. safety over there. They have to, you know, respect what he can do when he goes up there and high points at football. So, you know, that allows the Jalen Waddles to get those single coverage, man. And I mean, just the way he runs some of those routes, you know, the way he looks like he's going vertical and he just, you know, you know, starts to bend inside and just find the soft spot in coverage. I mean, yeah. I, I goes back to what you said, man. I love what we saw to him. You know, I might have been banging the table for Devontae Smith, but Jalen Waddle, I mean, he just looks like a difference maker. And, um, you know, I guess maybe we should talk about it. He broke the Miami Dolphins rookie record, man. Josh, it's kind of
2: crazy because we look at the success of Miami's three rec- top receivers, right? Uh, Parker caught five of five waddle nine for 11 Gasicki for the sake of this number seven or uh, yeah, seven for 11. So we can say these things like these guys caught balls, but why did the offense still struggle? We look at Albert Wilson caught four of eight targets for 26 yards. You mentioned it best. Josh will Fuller would do such amazing things, incredible things for this offense, because not only do you have Albert Wilson catching four of eight targets. This is not throwing shade at Isaiah Ford and Mac Hollins, but these two dudes combined for two receptions on two targets for seven yards. I love that we can sit here and say Tua had a bad game, but then see stats like this where the Dolphins had six drop balls. You see these distorted target ratios and understand that Tua's making the right reads. Like defenses, like Logan Ryan, he had that jab of, I can throw two yard passes to the left. Sure, you might be able to, but you don't know how to stop them, right? That's been the thing with Tom Brady for so many years is, you know, decision making, and he's going to just dink and dunk you death by a thousand paper cuts. We're seeing even when Tua struggles, he's throwing the ball in the right direction. And if he can do that, if he can play within himself and understand his weaknesses and beat his weaknesses, not just in terms of throwing the ball deep downfield, but finding that guy, whether it's your third or fourth receiver and leaving it up to them to make the play. Sometimes they'll drop it, but I think that was probably one of the biggest, uh, most exciting things I saw out of Tua and this offense, man, is just the fact that he is understanding the offense so well. We aren't seeing him rip those balls into the linebacker guts, because if that was something we were going to see often, like the Tannehill, just brutal sack, we'd have to have long talks about Tua not being the guy.
0: Yeah, man, I was going to joke that Isaiah Ford and Matt Collins are fantasy gods, but I mean, I just think it's <laughs> hilarious how, you know, is this not the second game now where we've had a defensive back or defensive player, you know, throw shade at two who could not stop it, you know, yeah. so it makes no sense. And that was the first thing I thought of when Mac Jones uh, passing chart showed up yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, Jake, he was two for three and they were all on the right side. And I, I was just so tempted, but I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna just continue to lurk on Twitter. So, I mean, I, I liked what we saw again. I think we have to tip our hat to Patrick Graham in that defense. I mean, I think we talked about on the pre-show, you know, some of the playmates they had sure they were without a Dory Jackson, but you know, that is why this game was 20 to nine, a close matchup. Like you said, it sure as heck wasn't because of Mike Lennon, like we'll mention before we move on from the offense. Though Jake, I want to get your thoughts on miles Gaskin another, you know, ho-hum performance. In my opinion, I think 15 carries 44 yards, only 2.9 yards on the ground. And that allowed Sal knock med to get eight carries. So um, give me your thoughts on it. To me personally, I would have much rather liked to see Philip Lindsay out there and, you know, late in that game when the dolphins needed to move the ball, grind the clock out. I mean, that seemed to me at least from the week prior that was the
2: missing piece so give me your thoughts on miles gaskin salvin Ahmed, in this dolphins run game josh it kind of goes back to what i was saying about the need for that one more playmaker in the receiving core Uh, i think the dolphins are starting to do things the right way in terms of the play calling in terms of not you know running at a shotgun in fourth and one and if we go back and say that charlie fry is as involved as we think i mean it takes time to learn these things, right? Nobody walks onto the job. I mean, how many stakes did you torch before you hit that medium rare perfectly? You know what I'm saying? For so sure. I kind of see that the Dolphins running game, there's room for opportunities there. They're the volume certainly there. Uh, but just, I mean, it seems like there's just so much left on the table with how the Dolphins are using Gaskin and Ahmed, because I think the offensive line has gotten better. I think nobody should have two receptions for five yards. I just think that again, like an Albert Wilson, you wonder if there could be that one last dynamic play Maker that can really have this offense going from, you know, the 20 points you're playing inside the box to be able to rip off some big plays, throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Uh, it's like, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're trying to race with a Honda Civic. It kind of seems like. So that and, that might not even make sense. No, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean,
0: especially around, around there are always people trying to race their shitty Honda Sig. So I love that. <laughs> um, and I, I guess it just goes back to the Dolphins needing a feature back. You know, they need to stop pussyfooting yeah. around, they need to stop uh, you know, drafting egg Benogany to gun down on special teams. You know, they they need to invest in that RB1, RB2 in the draft and you know, allow him allow going to be a compliment, allow him to, you yeah. know, do what he does best because he is not the focal point of an offense at all. Jake, I think we did a pretty good job talking about the offense. Let's head into a break, and when we come back, we'll jump into this Miami Dolphins defense.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com.
1: It's magical.
2: Josh, the biggest key to this five-game winning streak, the biggest key to Brian Flores' tenure in Miami is knowing that he is that guy that held the Super Bowl-bound Rams to three points in that game. Man, this defense is what we were hoping for all season long. The defense held Mike Glennon and the Giants to just nine points, and that means they are averaging just 11 points per game allowed during the winning streak. Josh, this is a fun, fun unit to watch, and we got to start with your favorite player on that unit, who is already in the ring of honor.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, what Jalen Phillips did in this game was pretty damn remarkable. He had 12 pressures and only 47 pass rush snaps. He's doing a little bit of everything. At one point, he used his speed to track down Saquon Barkley for a tackle. He's dropping back in coverage at times. On the one sack, he just ran right past the pulling guard. Who I, I don't know if you saw Jake, but like he almost looked like he was gonna try to block Jalen Phillips. But as soon as Phillips saw that Glennon dropped back to pass, I mean, he put a quick move on and he beelined right towards him. And then the other one, you know, I think it was a coverage sack. You got to give credit, you know, to the to the secondary for doing their job. And some of those guys up front and the stunts they create. I mean, we saw on that one sack that Adam Butler sack. I mean, Jalen Phillips crashed in and took on the second center and allowed that thing to open up. And then again, on that one in the end zone, I was talking about when the coverage kind of locked down Andrew Thomas and uh, Jalen Phillips were engaged. And, you know, he just kind of threw him aside like he was nothing. So this was, again, an impressive performance. He's now the Dolphins' all-time rookie leader in sacks with 8.5. That record was currently held by Bill Stanfield and Lorenzo Bromel many years ago. But, um, again, I just see a player who is starting to look exactly like he did at the end of that season at, with further hurricanes. And, you know, when you can transition and look like a dominant pass rusher in college to now in your rookie season, you know, starting to see it all come together. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps, man. This dude looks like the real deal. When you mentioned he's already in the ring of honor. I even joke, man, he might get into the hall of fame before Zach Thomas at this point.
2: Dude, it's week 13 and he already broke that record. That is, that is crazy. Both All of it. his sacks came on back-to-back plays. And this kind of goes back to that idea of like earlier in the season, we were saying that maybe, uh, we know Phillip's he has the ceiling to be a well-rounded defensive end. You mentioned his ability to kind of drop back and coverage, get to the quarterback, read and react. I mean, he is not a one trick pony who's going to just get to the quarterback on a spin move or a swim move or have that one feet that makes him stand out. So I think it might've taken him to a little bit longer to develop. Hey man, he's playing against the best athletes in the world. Who would have thought that'd be something that is necessary, but you see his toolbox continue to develop and play so smooth where, you know, He might get stopped in in one sense of a play, but you mentioned it, the coverage sack. You know, he was locked up for, what, three seconds there before breaking free. I think it's just been really fun to watch this entire draft class, man, really start to ball out.
0: And that really is what's so exciting. You know that, you know, earlier in the season, everyone, Jalen Phillips is a bust. You know, why doesn't he have those sacks? And it's just... Patience, man, you, you, you know how these dolphins are, you know, they want versatility. They want these guys to be able to go out there and do a little bit of everything. You mentioned, uh, we talked about him dropping back coverage and everything. I mean, he's coming off the edge at times. He's playing inside on a four three. I mean, he really is doing a little bit of everything. And you mentioned just how well these, uh, rookies are playing. I mean, one of the most interesting things from his three sacks this week from Jalen Phillips, he is the first rookie since Julius Peppers to have at least six sacks in a three-game stretch. He has at least a half sack in every game during the winning streak. So that's just a testament to just how valuable he is. And you have written down here that Adam Butler had a sack and celebrating Dragon Ball Z style. I cannot tell you how many people were so pissed off with me for saying Morphin Time, dude. Everyone, you know, they are spelling it. It, i i felt like such a boomer
2: i i don't so i knew the difference i don't know why i knew the difference i i yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what the difference <laughs> is but i could tell it was i don't know man i don't i, <laughs> I and then they i guess i'm just
0: that line of millennial i don't know i was gonna say they couldn't have even be like pokemon like them releasing the pokeball i mean i don't know
2: i I'm oh no they the throw player. those <laughs> now you're a boomer shut up boomer <laughs> Oh, no. Now that we got that, (laughs) Josh, let's talk about uh, Javon Holland here for a second. Um, I have a note written down here, and there was a couple plays. First on Xavier Howard's fourth interception of the year, uh, down the left sideline. Both him and uh, Holland fell to the ground on that. Then there was a play in the end zone where one of them might have had a shot to intercept the ball, and it dribbled away, but it was a uh, incompletion and they both fell to the ground again. And I don't know why, but Howard and Holland chasing around guys like these ball hawks look like two lions and it's like a cub and like a parent teaching them at a hunt. That's what these two look like because there's no throwing over the top on this defense with those two back there. I got to clarify that last thing. I was not thinking Pokemon. I was
0: thinking like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat or something. You know, Sub-Zero Freeze. Very, so. very comparable, My God. God, Yeah, throwing a Pokeball. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is. But um, I have this interesting thing down here. I think it came from Travis Wingfield. He said Xavier Howard played 48 snaps and Javon Holland played 45 in coverage for a combined 93 snaps yesterday. That resulted in zero receiving yards allowed, an interception, and a pass breakup. I even joked, you know, when Mike Lennon threw one into double coverage, what in the hell? Like you have to have some, you know, next level balls to try to fit that ball the coverage with two of the put best. His neck league. on the line. Yeah, but his neck on the line, you mentioned uh Xavier Howard, I mean just you continue to see the difference maker he is, man. What, 26 interceptions now? Uh, last week he was the fastest in NFL history or whatever with 25. Now it's 26. So you, you love to see it. Safety, Javon Holland, totaled five tackles, one quarterback hit, had those two passes defensed. He has 50 total tackles this season, which is fourth among all NFL rookies. His nine pass breakups this year are third among all NFL rookies, and he is now he has a 90.0 pff grade which is second among safeties, so um i'm throwing all those numbers out there i can't even compute them in my head but jake i mean i love javante williams we all saw what he could do um what sunday night but uh, i would be very sad if this defense didn't have javon holland very
2: very sad yeah man you're 100 right about that just to kind of wrap up the pff grades here uh, holland had an 80.9 overall that was uh, the fourth highest among dolphin defenders obviously to a at an 89. I think it was, was the highest rated quarterback. Uh, but man, these defenders, it started with a Landon Roberts. This, this made my eyeballs pop out of my head, uh, that he had a grade of 86 man, a Landon Roberts. You know why? You know why? Who do you think was on that other sideline? Who do you think he wanted to prove? I, I it was my job from the beginning. Bernard J. Oh, Bernard J. The yeah,
0: okay. Okay. Let's, let's we're leaving it. all
2: this in. We're not cutting this. <laughs> A Landon Roberts having an 86 was kind of weird for me. Can you help me figure this out? I mean, Zach Sealer, another guy great against the run. He had an 81.6, but man, you look at Saquon Barkley, you look at Devontae Booker, Barkley carried the ball 11 times for 55 yards, five yards per carry. Booker averaged, you know, six yards per carry. Why did these guys play so well, despite the Giants being able to move the ball uh, relatively well on the ground?
0: I think a lot of it's going to be just because, you know, the Dolphins game plan. I mean, it goes back to that game against the Panthers. I mean, if they realized they could stop that run and they could force Cam Newton to make those plays with his arm, I mean, that's how you win that game. I think it was kind of the same thing here with Mike Glennon, which I got to be honest, Jake, when this game first started, I think he was completing some passes. I think the announcers even made reference to him being the tallest quarterback in the NFL and being able to see over that offensive line or defensive line. I immediately said, oh, shit, this is really going to happen. But, you know, then he came back down to earth. So I think it was just the fact that, you know, you had him out there. You were without what, Sterling Shepard, without Kadarius Tony. I mean, I mean, they had Evan Ingram Ingram looked pretty nice I mean he was a guy that you know I loved fantasy football for many years I mean seeing him go out there and make some plays um was different but i think just the dolphins being able to stack the box the guys up front doing their job i mean zach sealer andrew Van ginkle you know christian wilkins i mean every week we're sitting here you can name off everybody man adam butler's making plays i had to laugh at that sack he had man because they just had a they zoomed in on his butt and i just wanted to tweet out adam butler because i mean i was like what the that's a bad camera angle so um i think it did have to do with them stacking the box and i do have to admit again at one point i continue to replay in my head me continuing to say squam Barkley is a shell of himself because there are some times when he had some shimmy to him and I'm like oh and he is going to, you know, have 200 yards rushing on the ground and we're going to end up losing this game. And everyone's going to replay my house, uh, the, the quote from that podcast. So <laughs> I think I, I love that. We're seeing this dolphins defense again, playing hard-nosed football. And, you know, when we're heading into the offseason, when we're talking about needing to upgrade at linebacker, you know, you got to remember some of those other guys like an Atlanta Roberts and some of those other pieces that can do their job and have a purpose in the run game and, and do in this defense, because, um, there's a reason Alan Roberts got re-signed this offseason. there's a reason that Brian Flores loves to have him close by because he can go out there and and be that wood in the middle of this defense
2: yeah and andrew van ginkles also started to play better uh he was getting torched a lot earlier in the season he was um i think the key here man is you don't let mike glennon throw the ball 44 times and i think the dolphins just kind of played it to a tee uh he was completing passes early man but the dolphins defense was flying all around and i think it was like the second quarter uh the momentum started to crack because the Giants receivers were all of a sudden dropping balls. I don't know if it was a couple hits, a couple pressures at the line of scrimmage made things uncomfortable, but it was kind of interesting to see that dynamic change because early on, despite the Giants not scoring in the first quarter, they scored a field goal in every quarter after that. It did seem like that ball was moving pretty well, despite them missing a lot of their key pieces uh, in that unit. So it was kind of great to see the Dolphins, you know, be that bend and don't break, but be that bend and then you flick it like back like a uh, turns
0: into a catapult it flies
2: the other way. We're going to go with
0: something like that. <laughs> okay, so we're getting a catapult. Before we end the show, I want to talk about special teams. I want to apologize for Mike, to Mike Pilardi because you know, earlier in the year I wish we would have re-signed Matt Hawk, but he's going out there and he's doing some things with his leg. Had 6 punts for 290 yards, 48.3 yard average, 3 landed inside the 20, and one of those was a career long of 65. So I wanted to give him a shout out because uh you know, the field position definitely played a factor in this one.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's good. You did that. It's great that you mentioned that we were down on him because it was a little concerning earlier in the year, but that's we, the best we, part. Us.
0: we, we know
2: punters to a T. I mean, we scout them of course. year round. <laughs> I, I think I remember when we had statistics of them signing party. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to make this interest. There's no way to make, make this. I named like those off. Life. And I mean, three of those were down in the 20 and it sounded awesome and a 65 mm. yard boomer. And even that sounded, uh, <laughs> I just said boomer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're that that's why you're our punk guy you're getting jacked up about it you got the metaphors that we need yeah so that's the best thing about a six game winning streak right five game winning streak we'll get to six hopefully but it's that we can kind of focus and see that every aspect of the game is you know, going pretty smoothly for the Dolphins. Special teams, offense, defense, we can pick out these different players. We're excited about the younger guys, the older guys who continue to be uh, the cornerstones of the franchise. You are all of a sudden wondering if, if there's going to be more Xavier Howard drama. If he's still going to be that guy around next season uh, because, man, it's crazy to think about, but there's only four games left. The last thing we need to talk about, the kicker, Jason Sanders. If there is any concern on the Miami Dolphins it's that it will be week 18 the Dolphins will be fighting for a playoff spot and can you trust Jason Sanders to make that game winning field goal I don't I don't know Jake in years
0: past I would have said hell yeah you know we were all I would be posting a a video of it with the money sign said yes so I don't know man he was two or three on Sunday, missed a 52-yarder, now 17-23 of 23 on the year, has made 25-26 extra points. But to me, I mean, I just feel like you mentioned, you can't have trust in him. And when, you, when you're the Dolphins, I mean, the way we've seen this offense work at times, you know, the way we've seen Brian Flores and them kind of reel back and play conservative. I mean, at times, it looks like they're going out there to kick a field goal. You know, at times, it looks like they just want to put points on the board. So when you can't even rely on Jason Sanders, who has literally been money, I mean, I, I don't know, man. This is probably, besides the offensive line, one of the biggest things that stings with this season is, you know, just Mm -hmm. how efficient and awesome he was last year. You know, Pro Bowl kicker, All-Pro, we loved him. And now this year, again, you can't even rely
2: on him. And I don't know how you feel, man, but I'm a little bit worried. 2020 first team All-Pro, I I just hope it's returning to the mean. And again, I mean, we might be being a little dramatic here. Uh, He's 4 of 6 from 30 to 39, six of 8 from 40 to 49. Two of four from 50, but it just seems like as someone who is so automatic, I think, he, uh, you know, it's been, what, four years he's been on the team, and this is the most concerned we've gotten. It, again, I think it could just be, you know, some sort Spoiler. of odds. sweat, Yeah, spoil a little bit, and then this is kind of the one bad year to get the, the averages looking a little cleaner. So, Josh... I want to apologize to everyone. We were a little off the rails today, but we're laughing. We're having fun. I hope you guys are able to do that, too. It's a five-game winning streak. We have a bye week. We're all going to rest and recharge, uh, but that doesn't mean we won't have some shows. We're going to do a Finn Slatter later this week, maybe a little mailbag. Um, We might just do two shows, Josh. I don't know how hyped up you are. I don't know if you're going to be drinking coffee all week and want to do a third, but hey, man, the Dolphins are winning a lot, and, and it's a great, great team to talk about at the moment.
0: Got to give a shout out to the Miami Hurricanes, man. Landon Mario Cristobal. That's a huge get. And as soon as you mentioned the coffee, I thought about him. I think he say drank like 19 ounces of coffee late at night and all this stuff. So uh, I'll be jacked up next week, man. Ready to talk about the Dolphins. As we head into our week 15 matchup against New York Jets, hopefully we will be 500 by Christmas. Like Jake continues to
2: say, Operation 500. I think we're going to get there, Jake. I'd love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Go enjoy your victory week. Go enjoy your victory bye week. And we will talk to you soon. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up.
1: Miami has a Dolphin, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, River, Miami.